Hey, welcome to Trains Live, the Trains.com podcast. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. You know, folks, there are artists, and then there are really good artists, and then there are those artists that devote themselves to painting railroad subjects. And then there's Ted Rose, probably the dean of railroad watercolor artists. Come along as we explore the life and times and legend of Ted Rose in the traces on Trains Live, next. Hey, welcome to Trains Live. I'm Bob Lettenberger, Associate Editor for Trains Magazine. We've got a really special show today for you. Um, we are talking about Ted Rose, probably the dean, the best, the top of all railroad genre watercolor artists. Uh, Ted had a brilliant career, turned out thousands of just fantastic watercolors. He was also a photographer. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on as well. Unfortunately, cancer took him from us far too early before his career had really concluded. Coming up very shortly here, in fact, later this week, uh, November 25th through the 27th at the La Fonda Hotel in Santa Fe, New Mexico, some of Ted's final work, some of his final watercolors and monographs are going to be exhibited and are going to be up for sale. What a special exhibit and in a very beautiful place. Um, Ted loved the artist vibe that was there in Santa Fe and this exhibit is really going to bring to a conclusion uh, the work and the times of a fantastic artist. Now earlier I had the the honor the pleasure of sitting down with Ted's daughter Molly and having a chat with her about her father about what it was like growing up with an artist in the house and what it has been like for her taking care of her father's legacy since he passed. Let's join in on that conversation. Trains Live today chatting with Molly Rose, daughter of railroad watercolor artist Ted Rose. And Molly is, as we have uh, seen in the pages of Trains Magazine, um, coming up this weekend, the 24th, 25th, 26th, or excuse me, 25th, 26th, 27th, 25th, 26th, 27th um, at the La Fonda Hotel in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, you are hosting an exhibition of some of the last of your, your father's works, and they will also be available for sale. Got to be a pretty exciting time for you. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think exciting is one emotion. Um, yeah. One absolutely <clears throat> a myriad display, um, probably similar to the amount of um, different genres he can depict. So sure. that pretty sure. much summarizes the emotional uh, 
but it is an honor. It's definitely an honor. Yeah. And, it, and I will tell you this, it is, you know, as I said in the, the show opening, um, you know, there, there's artists in the world and there are some very good artists in the world. And then there's railroad artists. Um, and then there's, there's your father. And I mean, it's just, when you look at, at railroad artists and what he did for the genre, um, it, it's just incredible. And I, and the one thing that I, I kind of keep coming back to is that, you know, your dad, fantastic painter, no two ways around it, but not only did his paintings tell a story, um, he didn't want to be just an illustrator. He wanted to, to give you a scene and then, then kind of suck you into it and make you huh. feel like you were really there. Yes. Huh? Yes. Uh. You know, it's interesting, Bob, that is, um, you know, you asked me earlier, uh, kind of his painting philosophy or his, his approach. And um, I love that you said that. And I was reflecting on that as well. And the first thing that came to me is context mm -hmm. and that he's yeah. contextually sound. And what I mean by that is he's not, he's not divisive in his approach to any subject. He utilizes the subject itself to reach uh, the viewer. And there's, there's, when you have unseparatist notions, if it's art or politics, there's such a capacity then to really be moved in our humanitarian you know, structure. And I wanted to share with you on that note, this one Please. little piece from his words that uh, this okay. was a lecture he actually gave for the Lexington group um, okay. in its transportation. And it's, it's a short, but it's absolutely what you just said. So um, I'll just, his intent is what he's talking about. Um, the initial thought process that involves pictorial structure, design elements, reference material, color use, these approaches, I said, help to create context and relate context to expression in an attempt to bring about an empathic response with the idea that the viewer can respond with an experience of his own. And further, he said, context is important. When we lose sight of it, we lose focus and the ability to communicate ideas. What I most like to do and really need to do as a painter is to communicate a feeling, a sense of place, the implications of history, or the look of the country and its people, past and present. Railroads are often the structure of my intent. So, Beautiful. yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, you, you look at one of his paintings and you, you can't help but, you know, you're there in the train yard. Yeah. You you can feel that train coming. You can feel the ground rumble as you just just look at at his paintings. It's just it, it yeah incredible. Um, Molly, we got to we got to take off on something you you kind of mentioned in the uh, in your your dad's passage there. Um, yeah, your dad was a, was a little bit of a rebel in some ways. Um, uh, yeah, born, born in 1940 in Milwaukee. Um, he did a stint with, with Kalmbach. We're going to touch on that in a moment, but, uh, studied art at the university of Illinois and then kind of took to wandering, uh, a bit, uh, around the country. And, um, 
he also within that that exploration um also had a great uh uh love of blues music and yes. and, and and expound on that because i think all of that kind of definitely impacted uh his art and his later life oh absolutely <laughs> um yeah you know bob thanks for that and i i think um what i would say um is he he lived front and center in his passion and um i'm going to backtrack a little bit kambach publishing um looms large in his legend i mean from the very beginning uh it was his base route uh it was his summer job when he was he's starting 14 15 years old and during that time he would also hop freights and um his folks were incredibly supportive of his definite single focus and passion which was drawing painting mm -hmm. and trades and um his father was an architect um and uh took both my my father and his brother down to the train yards when they were kiddos and so he really was brought in seeing the end of steam and that's what really um got him going and um in terms of the rebel element <laughs> i would say um you know they they supported his derelict notions no i'm but they <laughs> did let him go in the summers and 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 trace chase trains and um in that i will just say yes the the rebel was also someone who knew his purpose he was single minded in what he wanted to create in this world in this lifetime and there aren't a lot of people who literally follow their dream all the way through and realize it and he did and um you know i was it was kambach that started it you know i i think back he he did the painting on canadian steam um on the on the cover of that he did that when he was 16. sure and i his friend bob ludwig Ludwig uh, is a man he traveled extensively with throughout this country. Um, and he just sent a beautiful, the reconnection with all my father's people during this process has been amazing. Just the stories are incredible. But <laughs> he sent a beautiful package uh, bringing me back to the very, very roots. And I will show, I'm going to just do a little show and tell, if Please. you don't mind. Sure. Um, this, he he won a, a painting contest, let's see, at, when he was at Nicolette High School in Milwaukee. Okay. Um, and uh, this, this, let's oh. see if you can. Yep. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Another yeah, one that... in Pesodum. Um This was, uh, uh, you know, whatever, he, he was 16 in, in high school. And it says right here, he was already a member of the National Railway Historical Society, and this interest carries over into many of his pictures. This picture was painted in watercolor. Ted plans a career in commercial art, which he did. He became, sure. you know, he started his own business here in, in Santa Fe as a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. And it was through those years that he really um, honed, I think, his his artistry, his his skill with composition and his prowess. When my father graduated from Illinois, uh, he went down to Tulane uh, to graduate school in, in New Orleans. And at that time, he was so not interested in writing an artist statement. And so he dropped out 
of graduate school so that he could trace trains and listen to music. And it's the blues that stabilized his heart line through trains because in his, you know, awareness, the blues was the foundation of this country in music, the way trains are the foundation of this country in movement. And, um, they go hand in hand. Yeah. For sure. it, you, know, you, you look at, you look at his, his works and, um, you know, at the end of the program today, I'm going to, I'm going to reference the, the book, his book in the traces. Um, and, you know, so many of the, 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 the paintings that are in that book, especially the ones that are down South, they've got that, that gritty blues feel combined with, you know, grassroots railroading. And, you know, if, if being that little bit of rebel and, and wandering the country and hopping a few freights, instilled that in him boy it it sure it came out in the paintings just beautifully Absolutely. just beautifully so Absolutely. um hey combat publishing something in in as you and i have talked over the past few weeks here um there was a there was an incident with your dad with al combat himself and uh casual dress friday <laughs> <laughs> implemented i'm sure by ted rose yeah <laughs> well I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story but what i had, what I had seen was um this had happened still at the the old office in downtown milwaukee um and your dad on a friday uh, decided you know what forget the dress code it's it's time for sandals and some cutoff shorts and Hawaiian shirt, and I think a ball cap was in there. And he came to work dressed that way, hopped on the elevator, was going upstairs. Um, the elevator door is open, and there's Al Kalmbach standing right in front of him. And, of yeah. course, uh, Mr. Kalmbach was always the the prim and proper uh, dressed uh, publisher. And, um, yeah. <laughs> from, from my understanding, the conversation that ensued was um, about proper dress for for Kalmbach employees. <laughs> well, Bob, I love. I, there's definitely a wonderful thing about mythology and uh, <laughs> that we tell, and also um, take on some new uh, elements. And that that story has definitely taken on some that in terms of who my father is. <laughs> Never wore shorts, I don't think, in his life. Um, okay. Hates Hawaiian shirts, wouldn't have happened. Um, so that, no ball caps ever. I don't think he's ever worn a ball cap. Okay. Um, so in terms of that, if we've got a little glorification happening, and he always said, you know, he's very nostalgic as a painter. He paints what he sees, and it's not about past or future. It's, it's sure. literally like, this is my reality. His reality also was that he had corns on his feet, and he hated shoes. Oh, and okay. I like, sure. I've heard two versions of the story. One that was he was barefoot, and one was that he had sandals on. And okay. I, I'm going to go with the sandals. Um, <laughs> you know, each okay. their own. But I, yes, that, and as well, you know, he he wasn't fired, which is really yeah. quite stunning. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so glad that he wasn't, because you know, in the long term, I will say that my father, years later wore Birkenstocks always. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, we actually, he was, he was cremated in his sandals, um, oh. a little personal yeah. piece, but, uh, sure. but he also, you know, when, when the Senate wasn't up to 
2001, Clinton was office. He had had it with the direction of our democracy, and he said, forget it. Um, and he bought the first suit he ever owned in his life, and he took my mother to the Met in um, to go listen to opera because he said, you know, life is short and opera's long. And he <laughs> wore his Birkenstocks to the Met. Oh, cool. so, some Neat. things loom large. <laughs> okay. A, a, a kind of a case of a uh, little bit of truth, but let's not let the facts stand in the way of a good story. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Neat. Neat. exactly. But, you know, again, it does, when, when you distill it down, it captures the character of the person. And, yeah. you know, w- what I see in his artwork and what I hear from you in our conversations, there was a, there was a constant line of truth and belief that, that your father held. And, um, you know, as an artist and as a person, he stuck with it, uh, which is, you know, which is an incredibly beautiful thing to, for someone to do. So your dad was also a photographer. Yes. Which is really, you know, um, it was his first form actually that started structure um, in his travels uh, because it was the instrument in hand. And gratefully, you know, I've been in touch with Scott Lotus at Center for Railroad Photography and Art, um, which um, is uh, the center that houses his 4,400 slides that he took um, as he traveled capturing the end of steam through this country, through Canada, through Mexico, through Guatemala, um, all taken before he was 22. Wow. Um, and uh, that collection, he then actually um, developed some of the pieces and those pieces um, Scott has curated beautifully in a show that's been ongoing um, through the last uh, 10, 20 years. Um, and so, uh, do for those of you listening, you know, check out Center for Railroad Photography and Art. And Scott so incredibly captured in a tribute um, made of, of my father, uh, an element that hasn't been spoken about. And that is that his Mexico pieces as photographs are bar none yes. off the charts, really incredible, Absolutely. incredible work, artistry, mm-hmm. um, depiction just bounty and uh and yet he never painted them um my father worked entirely by um his contextual memory he used reference material but he never directly worked off of a photograph he would use photographs as a as a contextual setting um but usually his own and or those he admired um but in terms of his painting all of it is in america none of the Mexico pieces were, were captured. And Scott said so gently, his, his philosophy was really that my father recognized that that was the form that they needed to be in front and center as a photographer. They were a done, they were a done depiction. And I, I appreciate that. And I know that to be true. He didn't show his photographs a lot and we did have a couple of shows here. Um, and, you know, Laura Gilpin, George O'Keefe, some, you know, heavy hitter, Elliot Porter, mm-hmm. all attended his shows um, at that time. But I'm so grateful to the center for seeing through to that body of his work. It's, it's wow. exciting and profound. Yeah, and, and Molly, I did not realize what you had just related about his photographs in relation to his his paintings. Um, wow. Because when I look at, at, at his photographs, especially the, the ones from Mexico, 
you to me anyway you almost get a feeling of um you know that he's painting with a camera as opposed to the the watercolors and there's you know the Absolutely. yeah the the imagery and the the light and the contrast there's so many parallels and then for you to go well you never you know the two were were related but unrelated wow <laughs> so. well and that they were so you said it more more eloquently they were so related because that was his imagery that's what brought mm -hmm. his artist to being you know he dropped out of grad school because he didn't want to write a, a an artist statement he wanted to live his artist statement and right. to do that was a formation and a foundation of his aesthetic and his interest and 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 the base root of that is light the yeah. second root of that is work and its ethic and the third is is the me mechanics of mankind and its relation to land and 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 uh our Absolutely. imprint on it sure you know? and, and he was and he was true to it the whole way through so yeah. you know here we are your your father passed in in 2012 um it's a it's a decade no. later 2002 2002 i'm sorry my apologies 2002 yeah. um so we're, yeah. we're a couple decades removed um yes. and of course you you know part of the family living there in santa fe new mexico um especially in 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 your dad's most productive um period of time what for you personally what was it like to be daughter to ted rose the artist Wow, that's a that's a beautiful <laughs> question. Um, it truly is a beautiful question. You know, I almost I mean it almost seems cliche from a daughter to her her father to say it was an honor. Um, beyond naming, really, truly, and and I'm I just say personally my respect for him probably surpasses most individuals that I've encountered or had as teachers, as mentors, um, mm -hmm. as philosophers, as, as, as practical logistic livers. <laughs> <laughs> he was an embodiment um, that really taught me where, when we put passion in the center of our being, mm -hmm. so much is possible. And he, he lived that um i i will say hands down um hmm, what was it like to, what is it what is it to be to be his daughter it's a it's an honor it's it's just an, an incredible honor and he he formed so much i think um you know people laugh uh, about why i'm a dan i was a dancer i was a professional dancer as my first career and now i do expressive oh. arts therapy um and uh my dad would probably throw up if he heard that I did expressive arts therapy, but that's what he did. He embodied it yeah. in, in such a, a true way and how to, how to really realize that we are all um, parts of each other. Yes, of course, there's a, there's a web in this world mm -hmm. that I certainly believe in, but I believe in it because he showed it to me. Sure. And he shared it to me without words. And um, that lives inside me. And certainly people always said, oh, you must be so disciplined. And I don't think my father or I ever used the word discipline. <laughs> but, but I'll definitely say, you know, if you if you look at, you know, um, 
how many pieces he created in a very, very short life, um, it's, it's astronomical. Mm. And um, the intent and the integrity from 15, knowing what he wanted to do and doing it, um, it, it's, yeah. it gave me a sense of, of right relation, I mm -hmm. think, in myself and to the world. And I, I very much appreciate that. Beautiful, beautiful. So let's um let's talk about the upcoming exhibit. Let's talk about some of the works that are, are going to be there. Um, obviously, watercolors, which was your dad's you know signature uh, medium. Um, also, monographs. And and I'll I'll be real honest. Until you and I begin our conversation about the exhibit, um, your dad's monographs were were foreign to me. Um, so I think if let's do this first off for for folks who are, are going to be watching who are familiar with your dad's watercolors, talk a little bit about the monographs. What are they? What was he uh, what was he accomplishing? What were the things that he was communicating with those? Mm, thank you for that <laughs> segue. Um, it's so important. Um their monotypes is, is what their technical name is, monotype. And what I will say is it, it is literally his finger and a, and a piece of cloth on glass. And so basically they're single-handed lithographs. He, he paints on the glass with, his, with the paint, his finger. It's glorified okay. finger painting and places that on, on the piece of paper. It's an, it's an ancient form of printing. Um, so that's the technical. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, well, let me let me stop this there. We, we did. You you alluded to you know the depth he had in love of the blues and how that is that's really his main line that's his heart line, and uh, so a lot of the monotypes uh, he moved into were also his original uh, passion in um, college. Post-expressionism was what he was attracted to. He's a realist, and he's the first to say it. And context is is a huge part of that. And um, post-expressionism, the ability to evoke emotion because of your uh, connection as an artist with your medium is the most important thing. So he was able to take his entire career in graphics, in photography, in, in painting, and move it into the next... Uh, realm. And for me, I feel that's where he was headed. He died when he was 62. And I have no doubt that there, you know, that, that genre, if you want to call it, um, was where he's going. But everything he depicted was of unions, labor workers, Pullman porters, yes. um, bluesmen, mm -hmm. uh, deep, close, up close, personal, and, and in-depth, um, uh, placing of his soul in what he was doing a lot of people can say of artists oh what's a self-portrait everything is a self-portrait if you're creating and in this case that's the truth and um it was a vehicle for his deeper his deeper emotion um and i really i will say go to tedrosestudio.com if you are watching um and we, i have a few of the monotypes up there so you can just feel the difference um of texture and and uh, and uh, I I am looking currently um, for connections for placement for his monotypes. You know, I've looked at the Oakland Museum of Art, 
Um, Hill Dean has the Pullman Porter Museum. I'm interested in anyone who is is in the know of Pullman Porters and, and the interest in unions right now. I'd love to have them in the hands of, of ACLU and NAACP, Black Lives Matter, um, because they are so graphic and so incredibly um, poignant in depicting some of our heroes, you know, A. Philip Randolph and and all, all the Porters, but it would be nice to see them on I can't believe I'm saying this, but on T-shirts and on sweatshirts <laughs> worn by the people who who really care about that level of of in, intimacy in the work. You know, I, Molly, I think you I think you have hit it right on the head. You know, as you describe the the technical nature of how these particular pieces of art were created, basically a an advanced level of finger painting, if you will with you know some of the ideas that are are connected there and you think about you know zero in just on the you know the the Pullman porters and their struggles how yeah. boy the, the the lines that you can draw from the the social ideas of the Pullman porters and and forming that you know that first labor union here in the country first minority labor union um and then this this really kind of almost raw emotional form of uh, of art and painting wow i mean it it just it couples right up it's it's beautiful exactly yeah. nicely said with the coupling yeah, <laughs> so we'll have- you know, I, I was going to say of of artists i would i would imagine there's kind of a parallel with i would say ella fitzgerald you know in regard to what her medium was going into the bop going into swing going you know and then going into you know full sondheim it's just so, so many different elements and and they're all right for what they're wanting to relay in the other in the person listening or the person receiving the, the image yeah. absolutely so but how many pieces um will be exhibited um this weekend well so um We'll be showing some of his original works as well, some of the things that are not um, on sale or wherever on the market. Um, and those, you know, so it's about 120 uh, okay. images of watercolors and about 120 monotypes. Wow. Um, the monotypes are not in person. I will be projecting them actually on the wall so people can really move into them as an experience. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that, that, feels poignant as well. They're, they are unframed pieces at this point. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a huge, it's a tremendous um, feast, I will say. So <laughs> very appropriate that it's well, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yes. Now I want to, I want to mention for our viewers again, you know, the, the conversation that Molly and I are having about her father, Ted Rose, um, that is, that is timeless. That information is, uh, will remain on trains.com and you know be available for folks to to view down the road. Um, you know it, it's kind of the uh, the recording of a legend, if you will. Um, the exhibit that we are talking about is the 25th, 26th, 27th of November, 2022, um, at the La Fonda Hotel in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, the Rose family resided in Santa Fe for years. Um, it's where, where Ted did a lot of his work that, that part of it, that exhibit is just the, the 25th through the 27th, 2022, the rest of the information, soak it in, enjoy it for, for, for time to be, um, back to the exhibit, Molly, the La Fonda hotel, 
you've had some great stories about that. It's a, it's an old Santa Fe Harvey house. And yeah. you seem, you seem just to revel in, in being able to be in that space. It's a treat. Yeah. I will say they, they're La Fonda on the Plaza is how they're, they're referred to these days. La Fonda on the Plaza. They're in their centennial year as, as um, La Fonda. And uh, it's called the Inn at the end of the trail um, because it was an inn for years, even before La Fonda um, acquired it um, for trappers and tradesmen and, and um, you know, cowboys and and settlers um and uh it's a central hub and was at the end of the santa fe trail it is and um fred harvey uh commissioned atchison topeka and the santa fe um in 1926 actually that la fonda was struggling and they wanted to bring in um an impetus to keep keep their foundations and so of course it was fred harvey who was you know he had a house every hundred miles on the on the rail um and so he uh commissioned mary coulter who was the only female working architect at that time she did many of the harvey houses and she worked with john gobeam who is just an incredible staple of um historic um relevance in in new mexico and his work is beautiful and so the the room holds so much history and so appropriately for my father's trek across this country as well. And, um, and to be in our community and in our culture, which is changing the demographics changing rapidly. I think it's a really nice time to bring people together around yes. eras and the timeless. And I think my dad's work can speak to both those things. And absolutely. It's a good way to celebrate a little light right now too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yes, absolutely. That, that, you know, the, you you can't help but look at art and in some way um, be moved. And if you are, you know, the train history, the the railroad art, um, just the stories. You know, not not so much. I mean, the spoken word of the story is great, but when you can put a visual to it, and then uh, you fill in the story, it does so much for us. And and I think you're so very right in that. You know, bringing people to this and bringing it, bringing us together. Um, quite frankly, whether you liked railroad art or not, being in that space, and I think looking at your dad's works, especially, uh, just a—I mean—a a great exhibit. Um, hey, if you know, if I could, if I could hop a plane or a train and and be down there for Thanksgiving myself, I'd, I'd be there. You know, <laughs> it's just—it's that—it's that. It's that 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 magnetism it really is so we are darn near about out of time for today and i'll tell you what i, I gotta wish you the best of luck with with the exhibit i do hope everything goes well um talking with you has been just fantastic you know i think uh you know folks look at trains magazine and uh it's a a source of all things railroading if you will but you know, when they when you you peel back the pages or in this case, you peel back the video, uh, the people along the way, like yourself, your father, um, you know, that that we get to encounter and that we get to share with everybody. That's, you know, again, that's putting that little ray of light out there. And that's what makes it so special. So I want to thank you so much for your time. <laughs> oh, Bob, it's a pleasure. And thank you to trains through all these many years. You definitely or what kept his 
his career on track. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a real, that's a really deep treasure. So thank you. All righty. Yeah. Best of luck with yeah. the exhibit and, uh, and, and we'll, you know, we'll keep looking at your dad's artwork for a long, long time to come. I hope so. And so will I, and I'm so grateful to be able to share it with, with everyone who really does treasure it. And it, that in itself is such a connection. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. So I want to thank Molly Rose for her time with us today. Uh, a lot of work to put on an exhibit, especially one showcasing her father's work, Ted Rose. You know, as Molly mentioned, Ted worked here at Kalmbach uh, Media, Kalmbach Publishing back then for a while. And uh, before we were, today's show, as I was getting ready, I kind of dug back in the archives, if you will, um, because after Ted had left Kalmbach, um, he did do a number of work um, that appeared in the magazine. And if we can dial in Skycam here for just a moment, let's, let's pull in here. There is from the December 1985 issue of Trains Magazine, uh, Ted Rose did not only a watercolor, uh, but also did the text describing it. And his painting here, Forever, a Rio Grande Southern narrow gauge locomotive climbing up Lizard Head Pass. And as he explains so eloquently in the text and illustrates in the picture, it's not so much this neat little train, but it's where the little train is going. Lizard Head Pass. This sounds like a railroad place. And for Ted Rose, it was a story to tell. And that's exactly what he did with his paintings. Ted Rose, a lot of neat contributions to the works here at Kalmbach. Hey, we've got to visit Mr. Bob's railroad workbench for a moment. One book on the workbench today. There can only be one book on the workbench today. In the Traces, The Railroad Paintings of Ted Rose. Folks, this book is still available. Um, you can find it, well, library if you want. You can find it uh, on some of the book dealers you will see online. But the book talks all about Ted Rose and shows a number of his paintings and his images. And when you look at these, this is one of those books that, man, you just want to curl up with and soak this all in, leave this out, maybe uh, maybe leave a few images uh, open every now and then and flip through them. And, and you know, as we were talking with Molly, you really kind of see the spirit of, of Ted Rose coming out uh, of these beautiful watercolors that he did. Just enough detail to tell the story and then kind of the rest of it, well, that's the scene. And that's what he wanted to leave to you. So one book on the workshelf here today. Let's give you a shot at the front cover again. In the Traces, The Railroad Art of Ted Rose. Pick that up. Check it out from the library. Get one for yourself. Take a look at it. You're going to love it. KambachHobbyStore.com. Want to see you there. All your hobby needs. Listen, it's getting to be the gift-giving season. I'd check in at KambachHobbyStore.com. Probably find a couple of good things there. 
It has been an absolute pleasure today exploring the life and times of legendary railroad watercolor artist Ted Rose. Many thanks to Molly for, uh, for her help with today's program. Want to remind you folks, all the information today about Ted, that's, that is, it's timeless. It'll be here forever and we can learn and study it. If you want to take in that final sale and exhibition of his works, the La Fonda Hotel, Santa Fe, New Mexico, 25, 26, 27, November. Yeah, just toward the end of this week, right after Thanksgiving. La Fonda Hotel, Santa Fe, New Mexico, 25th through the 27th, November this year. Well, that's going to about wrap it up for this episode of Trains Live. Hey, want to check you out on trains.com. Make sure you visit there. Always new content being added there. Uh, plenty of neat things to look at. And of course, I always want to see you behind an episode or an issue of Trains Magazine. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com Unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive routing news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.